And so even if, and especially if really, a debt sling deal is going to be found, the Treasury is going to have to raise over a trillion dollars very, very quickly. And that is going to bring short-term rates even higher and draw even more deposits out of a sick and dying banking system. Well, hello there, my friends. Rafi from The Endgame Investor with this week's Silver Report for Arcadia Economics. And I've been talking about the debt ceiling lately, as in what happens if the Treasury runs out of cash. We're going to go into exactly how much cash the Treasury has left. Uh, spoiler alert, it's about $87 billion. They spent about $51 billion in interest expenses that came due on May 15th. And there's another big interest payment day due on May 31st. We're going to go into exactly how much that is and whether they're going to have enough cash to do it. And even if, which is expected, they're going to pass a deal before the X date of, let's say it's June 1st or whatever the X date is, there's another problem with how are they going to be able to raise over a trillion dollars in treasury money in just a few days to pay their bills without squeezing the deposit supply from the banks even more because you know they have to drain that money out of something. They have to raise it for money that is now sitting in banks in the form of deposits. And both big banks and small banks are losing money to money markets. They are losing deposits and large banks are bleeding twice as fast as regional banks. Though mainstream financial media might want you to believe that big banks are benefiting from deposits flowing out of regional banks into their coffers, that is not true. And I will show you the numbers that prove this. Meanwhile, silver supplies at the COVEX registered silver supplies at the COMEX for sale against futures contracts have dipped below 30 million ounces for the first time since 2016 and only for the third time ever. We have drained 122 million ounces out of the registry, which is quite an accomplishment and nothing to sneeze at. While the silver price is a bit depressed right now, keep in mind that physical premiums on junk silver are still 30%, which is still the historic highs of what it has been around crisis eras. And circling back to the treasury issue, how are they going to raise $1 trillion in just a few weeks? Well, if they do, it's probably going to cause another bank run as deposits get sucked out of the banking system and right into the treasury's account. And another round of bank runs could easily trigger the next crisis that we are all anxiously anticipating and know is just around the corner and is inevitable anyway. This week's Silver Report is brought to you by Fortuna Silver Mines, symbol FSM, which reported earnings on May 15th, about five days ago. And we have an earnings beat of five cents per share over a contested estimate of one penny per share. So good job there. And a gold equivalent production of 94,110 ounces for the quarter. And a confirmation that the first gold pour at the Seguela mine will be this month, May 2023, any day now at Ivory Coast. If we look at the weekly chart of Fortuna, we see that it is still bouncing in between the 50 and 200 week moving averages uh, with the uh, 50 week moving average around 324. And when silver takes off, the stock is going to take off also for obvious reasons. And Fortuna's overall liquidity position continues to be strong uh, at $129.7 million, which comprises is $84.7 million in cash and $45 million in undrawn credit. So it is in no financial straits and it is weathering the suboptimal silver price that continues to hang around in the low 20s. With that, let's move on with this week's silver report. The top table here where it says table one is taken from the daily treasury something report. 
the Treasury General account report that I found somewhere on the uh, Treasury Direct website. And it shows that as of May 17th, and the numbers are a little bit different now that you're watching this on May 19th, uh, is down to $87 billion. Uh, and now you may have seen this on Zero Hedge, but before it was on Zero Hedge, it was actually on my Endgame Investor Report, where I found that the biggest drawdown in the in uh, treasury money on may 17th was interest on treasury securities at 50 billion 971 million dollars and that's because may 15th was a big payday for coupons for treasury coupons interest payments on treasury securities and they went down all through all the categories bills notes and bonds so i looked at the monthly statement of public debt uh, going through the entire collection of all treasuries that are due. And the next big day for coupon payments is May 31st. And I conjigured all the numbers, uh, interest rates of those securities multiplied by the amount outstanding. And it turns out that the treasury is going to owe about $16 billion to holders of treasuries on May 31st. Will they be able to make that payment on May 31st? That's why they're saying that June 1st might be the X date, where X happens. 10. X marks the spot. So can $87 billion last the treasury another two weeks? I don't know. We'll see. But on that note, what happens if a deal is indeed passed, which it probably will be, then what happens to the markets? Well, we have this article from Yahoo. It's actually from Bloomberg, syndicated by Yahoo. It says a $1 trillion T-bill deluge is a painful risk of debt limit deal. Après moi, le deluge. Bloomberg. Looming behind market fears over the prospect of a historic U.S. default is the less discussed risk of what would follow a deal to resolve the debt ceiling impasse. Many on Wall Street predict lawmakers will ultimately reach an agreement. I agree, they probably will, likely averting a devastating debt default, even if it goes down to the wire. But that doesn't mean the economy will escape unscathed. Not just from the bruising standoff, but also as a result of the Treasury's efforts to return to business as usual once it can ramp up borrowing. The Treasury will need to scramble to replenish its dwindling cash buffer to maintain its ability to pay its obligations through a deluge of treasury bill sales estimated at well well over one trillion dollars by the end of the third quarter supply burst and this is key would quickly drain liquidity from the banking sector raise short-term funding rates and tighten the screws on the u.s economy just as it's on the cusp of recession so yes a deluge about one trillion dollars or more of treasury bills is going to drain deposits from the banking system even faster than they are being drained now and how fast are they being drained well I'll show you how fast they're being drained. Well, uh, I'll tell you why. Uh, because engineers are not good at dealing with customers. You ever wonder why there are bank runs these days? That's because the Fed is tightening still and raising interest rates and the money supply is falling both from large banks and small banks. Because when you pay high interest on deposits uh, and banks can't pay high interest on those deposits and you can only get them from the treasury or from reverse repos or from the Fed itself, then deposit money is going to flow from the banks to reverse repos or short-term treasuries. That's just what's going to happen in the chase for yield. So if we look at large bank deposits, if we look back at the date of March 9th, 2022, which was the all-time high of these bank deposits, it was $11.455 trillion. We are now at $10.695 trillion, which is a loss of 
6.6%. These are large banks, large domestically chartered commercial banks, which includes big banks like JP Morgan, Bank of America, Citi, etc. The large commercial money centers, not the regional banks. How are the regional banks doing with deposits? Let's look at the next slide. Same date here, March 9th, 2022. That number was $5.44 trillion. And yes, there was a big uh, fall in regional bank deposits here during the regional bank collapse. Uh, but if we take apples to apples and calculate it from the same date as we did large bank deposits, we are at a loss of 3.6%, not 6.6%, only 3.6%. So regional bank deposits are falling at about half the rate of large bank deposits. And all those deposits are headed into money markets to take advantage of reverse repos, which pay about 5%, or short-term treasuries where the government is forced to pay out large coupons, which is why they lost $51 billion on May 15th, and they're almost out of cash. And so even if, and especially if really, a debt ceiling deal is going to be found, the treasury is going to have to raise over a trillion dollars very, very quickly. And that is going to bring short-term rates even higher and draw even more deposits out of a sick and dying banking system, which could very easily trigger the next financial crisis. Will it definitely? I don't know. It is too complicated for anyone to know this for sure, but it's coming. That is for sure. And the Fed will not reverse until it hits. And when it hits, we will probably go right back down to zero. And that is when the metals will take off, especially silver. And we all know it. But let's continue with the slides. Let's go back to the COMEX for a second. We have here registered stocks fall below 30 million ounces. Now look at this amazing fall. It is just, it's its really something. Um, we have here a peak of 152 million ounces of registered silver back at Silver Squeeze. This is the exact, almost the exact date of when Silver Squeeze began around February, 2021. And since then we have drained about 122 million ounces in registered silver. We just broke below the 30 million ounce line, which we have only been under, we've only been low below twice before in uh, recorded registered silver history, which you know only goes back to about 2001, but you know whatever. So here we saw, there isn't exactly a correlation between registered silver supplies and the silver price, but there is some kind of um, pattern here that you can eke out. Uh, this is May 2011 silver high, and that was when the registered supplies were just also right below 30 million ounces. And here, this was bear market bottom in the silver market around late 2015, when we were also just below 30 million ounces. And now we we're hitting that number again, and we were somewhere in the middle in the low to mid 20s, which is neither near a high nor a low. Uh, we're comfortable bouncing around the same range. We've been bouncing around for two years now. So are we going to go even lower than 30 million? Are we going to make a new record low of registered silver ounces? And what if there is a banking crisis at that time and the Fed drops right back down to zero interest rates and there's a run on the silver supply? Who knows? We'll see what happens. We are getting very, very thin here. And keep in mind that while silver premiums on junk silver specifically have fallen from about 49% to around 22% uh, in uh, early 2023, we're still at levels that were pretty much peak crisis levels. This is bear market bottom 20, late 2015 when junk silver premiums were at a peak here. And this is a 2008 financial crisis here. The 2020 financial crisis, lockdown financial crisis here. We're still at those very high crisis numbers. Why is that? Because demand for physical silver is not letting up. People understand what is about to happen, though nobody knows exactly when. Everybody knows or everyone who has any semblance of logic knows 
that this is only a matter of time, which is why premiums continue to be elevated. I wanted to show you this long-term chart that you may not have seen before. Uh, this is a chart of silver relative to the CRB commodity index. So it shows you silver strength relative to consumable commodities. See here for, throughout the 90s, from 1990 to around 2006, just before the housing market imploded that year, uh, began to fall, actually. It didn't implode until 2007, 2008, but you know what I mean. The silver price relative to other commodities was pretty stable. It didn't move much at all. But then the 2008 financial crisis hit and we started to seriously move. Now I've drawn these little rectangles to match up the highs in the CR, uh, the silver relative to the CRB price, uh, match them up with the uh, silver highs in the dollar price, which, which was in 2011 when silver hit 50. This was a, also a spike here. And uh, we see the, a similar thing when we have the uh, 2020 financial crisis here. And silver went from $11 to just under $30 and we hit an all-time high of silver relative to other commodities. Now here, this blue line looks like a double bottom to me. We had a double, we had one bottom in 2015 at the turn of 2014 to 2015, which it looks to be mirrored and tagged here at, uh, it was the September 2022 low. It looks that like that bottom to me is a firm bottom. I don't think we're going to go below it. And what these little peaks show is that the monetary nature of silver is trying to peak through here. It was suppressed all throughout the 90s and until 2006 when the monetary system was pretty stable relative to what we have now, of course. Uh, but I think this chart has bottomed. I think silver is uh, going to climb furiously relative to other commodities, commodities as its monetary nature is revealed in a dollar crisis that will hit once we have the next banking crisis in full swing and the Fed must return to zero. Last thing I want to show you is a chart also from Bloomberg that shows what people are going to do if the debt ceiling is hit, which is probably unlikely, but it is possible enough that it should be discussed. I don't think you should bet on this happening, but in case it does happen, you should have your positions ready now and be comfortable that you won't be feeling the need to chase if there actually is a temporary default and things get out of control. So Half of professional investors say they are going to gold, and almost half of retail investors say they're also going to gold. It greatly outweighs any other safe haven asset listed here. And where will the public go? They're not going to go to gold, and they're not going to go to treasuries or Bitcoin or the dollar. All in all, we're on a precipice. We're on many precipices or precipices. I don't know what the plural properly conjugated is, but anyway, nothing is stable except money itself, which of course is gold and silver. It is the dollar that is wobbling up and down like a maniac. And while that happens, the banking system is losing deposits and looks damned whether or not a, de a debt ceiling deal is closed on. Because if it isn't, we have a default and the banking system collapses. And if it is made, then we have a deluge of over $1 trillion in treasury bills that will be flooded into the market, drawing out even more deposits from the banking system, which will then be screwed anyway. We wait for the current downtrend to end. This is a good time to add to your stacks if that is what you are still doing. And of course, this is Rafi with the Endgame Investor. And if you enjoyed this video, consider signing up for a two-week free trial of the Endgame Investor or become my Patreon on Patreon where I'll give a weekly biblical commentary video on monetary happenings in the world. For now, all we can do is wish Congress good luck on either raising or not raising the debt ceiling because either way, you're screwed, guys. This is Rafi the Endgame Investor and I'll see you guys next week. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. Can't you understand it? What the hell is wrong with you people?